from the ESPN 690 and the Jared Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. On either side of the line of scrimmage, and if I was running the Steelers, you have to make some really honest, and sober decisions. Go back a couple years ago, Ben McAdoo benched Eli Manning. It was the right decision, even though it was unpopular. And I would find out what you have in Dwayne Haskins because what was really clear watching that game, guys, Cincinnati was the better team, and it's going to get even dramatically bigger. I don't think Pittsburgh has a lot of good young players. They have a handful: Mika Fitzpatrick, Najee Harris. Devin Bush, T.J. Watt, but the skill players that Cincinnati has and the young defense alignment they have, I think there's a massive gulf between those two teams. That is Mike Tandenbaum on ESPN talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I'm going to get this going with who's the weirdest team. They are not the weirdest team. They're just not good. <laughs> you know, and Ben Roethlisberger's washed. Yeah. And Ben Roethlisberger, I think they're going to kind of, in an Eli Manning sense, let him carry it out even longer than they should because they owe it to him probably, you know, for what he's brought the franchise. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. I'm not a Steelers fan, so I don't care, but I'm okay with that. I mean, you know, you run you, you, you run it back one more time and you see if he's got something left and maybe he's coming. I thought he would come back and have a pretty decent year. Um, but... It's not happening. I mean, they, they are very, very uh, average, and he's making throws that looks like he's playing a different game sometimes in terms of the speed of the, the, the velocity of the ball and yeah. uh, the pick against Cincinnati. I mean, listen, when you've lost three games in a row to Cincinnati, it might be time to kind of reboot in Pittsburgh. And I don't mean by the whole organization, but I mean at the quarterback spot and, and everything else. No, without a doubt. Um, you know, I mean, I get it. Cincinnati, they're an up-and-coming team, but... You know, Pittsburgh Steelers, in terms of personnel, in terms of roster, in terms of, of head coach, I mean, expectations were high this year. And it does start with Big Ben, and Big Ben is just, he's not producing. I, I watched a lot of that game, and um, he does just, it's, it's bad. It's, it's, it's horrible. And, you know, I mean, it seems like he had those, you know, couple good years where, you know, they're passing 60 times a game. They got away with it. Um, they can't sustain that anymore. Now, Najee Harris, you know, he could be the future going forward. It could be a more of a run-oriented thing, but you have Chase Clay Claypool. You had Smith-Schuster before he got hurt. Uh, you got Deontay Johnson, Pat Frymuth really coming on right now as one of the hottest tight ends in the NFL. You have all these guys, you have all these weapons, and you can't get anything from it because of the way Big Ben is playing. So definitely disappointing season for Pittsburgh because their defense, too, is playing well. I mean, they still have good guys on defense as well. It's just... They, they, you know, they're five and five. Well, they're five, five and one, and that's not where they should be right now. No, not at all. And I think they're going the wrong direction. Brett Martineau, Austin Lane here at Top Golf Tuesdays at Top Golf. Josh Scobie will join us uh, in the five o'clock hour. Also, Zach Miller, former Jags tight end, will join us as well. Casey Kurtz back in the Action Sports Jack Studios. We're going around the league. Let me get it going, guys, uh, with this. Who is the weirdest team in the NFL? Like the team, it's a wacky league. Yes. Only six teams have winning records in the NFC, and they're all like potential Super Bowl caliber teams. Yes. Meanwhile, in the AFC, 12 out of the 16 have winning records or 500 or better records. Uh, so it, it's a wild league, and it's kind of a 50-50 league. It's set up to be that way unless you play in Jacksonville or Detroit. Um, but who's the weirdest team in your opinion right now? To me, the weirdest team is the team that I cannot get a beat on if they're good or if they're bad, and it's the Buffalo Bills. Interesting. Because... They win the games that they're supposed to win, but then when they play a competitive team, set aside from the Chiefs where they beat the Chiefs, but when they play the Titans, um, you know, when they play the Jaguars, which wasn't supposed to be a competitive game, but when they play the Colts, um, 
you know, they, they get embarrassed. And I say embarrassed the Jaguars game, but, like, listen, scoring six points against the Jaguars, that's embarrassing. So I, I cannot get a bead on who this Buffalo Bills team is because I thought they are going to be the toast of the AFC. I didn't think it was going to be even close. Right now they're second in their division. I did not foresee that happening. Well, and they got a huge one on Monday night against the New England Patriots. Casey, who do you think? Uh, I'm going to have to go with the Chargers. I can't figure that one out. They're either good or bad, but, again, I don't know which one. Their quarterback's good, but some games they score 50 and some games they score 13, which makes no sense. So I don't know what's going on in L.A., but I'm confused about the Chargers. That's interesting. You guys go with them, uh, and I'm going to stay out in the West because I think the wackiest team is Denver. Hmm. Like, I don't get them. I've put them off out the pasture, like, several times. Yeah. Like, I don't think they're really that good. Are they really good? They traded Von Miller, and they keep bouncing back, and they beat the Chargers. Like, why are they beating the Chargers? Why are they yeah. crushing the Cowboys? Mm -hmm. And then they stink it up. Yeah. Like, they're 6-5. and five. Sure. That is odd to me. And now, listen, there are a lot of teams that you could do this to. But I think the strangest team, because I didn't really have high expectations for the Broncos to begin with. Yeah. I think Vic Fangio's just okay. I think they're probably going to move on. But, well, if he keeps doing this and he ends up 9-8, and eight, yeah. do they move on from Vic Fangio? I think it's hard to justify, you know, because right now you're still competing for a division title. So, you know, where they're at right now, I mean, they're essentially tiebreakers. I don't know how the tiebreakers work and everything. But, I mean, they're 6-5. and five, So are the Chargers. So are the Raiders. Chiefs 7-4 and four right now. I mean, I think with what he has at his disposal in terms of the quarterback play even, you probably do keep, keep Vic around. I don't know. I mean, I mean, I don't know if there's a better guy out there that you have your eye on than by all means go after him, but they've definitely, uh, in my opinion, exceeded expectations this year. Yeah, they, they've exceeded mine, too. You know, they got off to that start, but they were playing nobody, including the Jags. Mm -hmm. um, and, I don't, listen, the Saints, you could put them down as weird, but now they're sliding, so they're not a back-and-forth team. But I think, yeah, I mean, the, the Saints, I think we know who they are at the end of the day. I think like, so, too. Without, without Simeon's not going to get the job done. You know, we'll see with Taysom Hill, that experiment. He might have one breakout game in the next game. People will figure him out. I think we know who the Saints are. Yeah. I, I tell you that one team right now, I thought one of you might say, is the Rams. Coming up on Sunday, like, yeah. we think they're good, but sure. are we all wrong? Like, that is strange that they've lost three in a row, and in the fashion they've lost it. Yeah. Like, their defense is not playing lights out, mm -hmm. yet they've got mega stars on defense. Their offense is really struggling, and Matthew Stafford is really struggling yeah. with McVay. Who saw that coming? But Matthew Stafford's, like, severely banged up, I though. I mean, I mean he's, got, he's got some pretty serious injuries right now that he has to get right. So, like, I guess I'm not surprised from that because he's throwing pick sixes nonstop and putting his defense in bad positions. Now I'm surprised Von Miller hasn't been able to produce more. Um, you know, we'll see how that goes and everything. Yeah, they're not achieving expectations right now, but given the criteria in terms of, you know, the injuries and pe people being banged up, I guess I'm not that surprised. Like, I I'm more surprised the Seahawks than I, than I am of the... Uh, of, the, of the Rams. By the way, Russell Wilson, not good. Their offense is pitiful. Like, they have some of the same problems the Jags have. They can't scheme guys open. Like, why aren't they getting guys open? Well, it doesn't how, how make any do sense. something with, with Metcalf? Now, their yeah. offensive line's atrocious, but... Yeah. Well, and then he was open a couple times. Uh, you know, there's... That was trending on Twitter for a while. He missed him in the end zone for an easy touchdown. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just he not look looking good. good for the Seahawks. Yeah, Russell Wilson doesn't look good. Their offensive line. I'll tell you this, though. I don't think he trusts the offensive line. I don't think he trusts his hand. 
I don't think he trusts much right now. Mm -hmm. um, and they have, we're, 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 this is the end of the Seattle Seahawks for now. There'll be a reincarnation sure. of them in some sense, but this is the end of the Seahawks. By the way, they have very, they have less excuses to suck on offense. They've got Metcalf and Lockett, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. and Russell Wilson. Yeah. I mean, they have three superstar caliber players, uh, and, and they still can't score. Correct. That was unbelievable yesterday. Yeah, I mean, it and their seems defense like isn't that great either. So no, can't get off the field. No, for sure, they're, they're definitely so. I mean, I get they have these these great um, receivers. You get the sense that Carroll still wants to run the ball though, and once again with injuries, and every team is going through injuries. So injuries to me is not really an excuse. I agree with that. But um, you know, Alex, whoever, whoever the case may be, who's ever toting the rock right now for the Seahawks says he's going to drop down. All right, Casey, take us around the league. Uh, we already did it a little bit, but I hope I didn't steal your thunder. Uh, only two of them, and there's only four topics, so that's good. So we're staying on Russell Wilson. I made the decision. <laughs> Bad 500, good. Uh, since you already kind of broke down that he's not playing very well, let me ask you this. Is he a Seattle Seahawk in 2022? Well, I knew you'd go to that question. See, I didn't want to get into that one, so I just led you there. That's called a segue. Mm. Appreciate that. Uh, you know, I, I think there's a lot of smoke now that he's going to be gone, and I think that's probably accurate. I didn't believe it this offseason. I thought it was just a thing. Uh, I don't know if there's animosity. I think more from a reset standpoint. Like, I don't know if Pete Carroll's going to keep going through this thing. Pete Carroll might say, you know what, it's time. Seattle might say, you know what, it's time to move on. Let's let's. You, this has been a hell of a run yeah. for a decade. It might be time to reload, and what can you get for a Russell Wilson? Uh, and, and by the way, I would be a little upset right now if I'm their front office because they made a trade for Jamal Adams, who's a good player, but he's not a difference maker in terms of wins and losses. And you gave away picks, and you gave away the first-round pick, and right now the Jets are using your pick to pick fourth. Yeah, yeah. Like, that is embarrassing. Yeah. Like, you, you want to talk about all the crazy bad things that have happened in Jacksonville? That is about as bad as it gets. Mm -hmm. When you trade away a first-round pick and the team ends up picking top five, twice because you gave them their first round pick and again not for a quarterback for a safety mm -hmm. yeah it's just it, it's not good i think russell wilson's time is done because the grievances that he had last year in terms of you know him keeping staying upright being protected well have those been addressed this year or not are you still really. getting hit yeah okay then so i think he's all but gone i think he's going to cleveland or i think the dark horse is going to be the giants Interesting. That is interesting. Cleveland is. Saints were one of the teams that he listed, so keep them in mind too. Saints could be an option, but I, I'm sticking with. It. I think it's going to be Cleveland, the dark horses, the Giants. Interesting. Uh, let's go to the 49ers, a team that just beat the Jags and have won three in a row. Now they're six and five. The rest of their schedule is pretty easy. I won't tell you all, but I'll hit the highlights: Seattle, the Falcons, the Texans, and the Rams. Do they end up making the playoffs? Yes. Uh, I think the 49ers are playing well. Yeah. They're good enough to, right? They're, they got healthy. And now Debo Samuel now goes out for the next couple of games, so keep an eye on that. <laughs> Correct. That'll be interesting. But I really feel like they've got the offense cooking. Jimmy is playing good football. Mm -hmm. uh, they made a move to, to not really put Trey Lance as part of that offense and make sure he sits on the bench. And it's benefited their offense. It's benefited Garoppolo. He's not doing too much. He doesn't have to do too much. They run the football really well. I think they're in a groove that they – in. They don't have to do much, guys, to punch a ticket to the postseason. Basically, right now, you just have to be over 500. And that's a big advantage if you are with how many games we got left? Six? Six, yeah. Um, the Seahawks, the, I mean, at Seattle, that's something that's going to be a tough game. At Cincinnati, that's going to be a tough game. They have Atlanta. Tennessee's going to be a tough game. 
and they're at, at L.A. against the Rams will be a tough game. So I, I'm not ready to say that they're going to the playoffs just yet, just because also with, um, you know, Debo Samuel being out now, what is that going to look like? Can Brandon Ayuk step up? You know, George Kittle starting to come along a little bit. He's going to be a big help. I'm not sold on the 49ers uh, making the playoffs. Let's go back to the Bengals and the Steelers. Uh, Bengals beat them twice this year, combined score of 65-20. to 20. Um, Is this it? Are the Bengals going to take over for the Steelers and compete with the Ravens year in and year out in that division? Yeah, I don't know about year in, year out. Keep in mind now, you got to go to recent history. And the Cleveland Browns did this last year to the Steelers, right? And they have Kevin Stefanski as coach of the year. And they look like they figured it out. Are they going to, you know, give Baker Mayfield, uh, you know, the, the contract? They've got running game that looks really good. They've got receiver threats. They go out and get Austin Hooper. That hasn't been a great move. they got Joku. He's, and Joku, he stays. So they've got this lineup. they got Miles Garrett, the best player maybe in the game on defense. So they really look the part. Mm-hmm. But they don't play the part. And, and so I believe the Jags are an example of this in 17. The Cleveland Browns last year. Chicago was like this a couple years ago. Are you a one-hit wonder, or are you here to stay? And I think Cincinnati will have to answer that question, and I'm not ready to sign up for the long term. I know they have the quarterback. That's a good thing. Chicago didn't. Jags didn't. Cleveland maybe doesn't. Yeah. So that that's a plus. But are they good enough to sustain? I'm not ready to go there yet on Cincinnati. Let me ask you guys this. Who is the best quarterback right now in the AFC North? Probably them. Probably Joe Burrow. Yeah. Yeah, Casey? I'll go, yeah, I'll go with Joe, Joe Burrow. Lamar Jackson. Joe Burrow? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I would take him over. I would take him over Lamar Jackson from a consistency standpoint. Okay. So, yeah. So, with that being said, that they've absolutely, I think, flip-flopped now with Pittsburgh in terms of being a competitor every single year in the AFC North because you're only going to be as good as your quarterback allows you to be. Joe Burrow right now is the best quarterback, arguably, you know, with Lamar Jackson in that division. So, I think Cincinnati will definitely be a front-runner now just because they have the talent to do that. We don't know what's going to happen with Ben Roethlisberger. What's the plan there? As far as Baker Mayfield's concerned, he's banged up, but he's not playing very well. Yes, you have Nick Chubb. You have, you know, when they're healthy, one of the best running games in the NFL. But, like I said before, you're only as good as your quarterback's going to allow you to be. Go ahead and give me the best quarterback in the division. Give me Joe Burrow. I like it. Uh, since the Dolphins were disappointed in London by the Jags against all odds, they've run one four in a row. They are now 5-7. and seven. Their schedule the rest of the way, Giants, Jets, Saints, Titans, and then a game against the Patriots. Can they steal a wild card spot? Give me their schedule again, if you don't mind. Giants, Jets, Saints, Titans, Patriots. Five and seven right now. Yeah, I don't think they do. Uh, I, I think, first of all, I think here in Jacksonville, the way they're playing and they're having two a play, and he's playing consistent football. And I, I think if you look at some of the measurables, like the QBR, if you like that one, like mm-hmm. his QBR is like top 10 uh, over a 16-game stretch now in his career now that he's played 16 games. Yeah. So there's a lot to like. Like not in love with him, but enough to like and win games and their defense playing better. They figured some things out, okay? Mm-hmm. That's the point. But if I'm Jackson, I'm like, hey, if Miami Dolphins have figured out their offense. Why the hell can't you? You know? Yeah. I mean, to do enough at least. And uh, Dolphins have a better defense with the players they have on it, probably. They're built more on that defensive side of the ball. So I'm not answering your question, but I think Miami's <laughs> an interesting example right now when you juxtapose them against the Jaguars. But uh, I don't think they're good enough to make the postseason. I think they have too many warts, and I don't think the quarterback overall is good enough to elevate. He's good enough to manage, but not elevate. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not sold on Tua. I am sold on Jalen Waddle. He's having a heck of a year so far. Um, they can definitely beat the Giants. They can definitely beat the Jets. They can beat the Saints. I mean, can they beat the Titans in Nashville? I'm not sure. And they, I don't know if they can beat the Patriots. How many wins are we talking here? For maybe like, okay, so they got five games remaining, right? Correct. They got to win three or four of those? Yes. But you'd I, think they can beat the Giants, Jets, and Saints, but if they yes. did that, that would be seven in a row with the four they yeah. already have. For sure. I think it can be done. The way their defense is playing right now, they're starting to use Miles Gaskin a little more, much to your chagrin, Casey. Yes, I hope sir. you like that waiver wire pickup because you know how it. I felt about Miles Gaskin the entire season. Um, is, is Will Fuller okay? Is he coming back anytime soon or is he done? I haven't heard or seen Will Fuller anywhere. Brent, did, Brent, Brent did, didn't you want him here? Yeah. yeah. They should, well, they can, huh. now they'll get him yeah. when they cut should've, him. Should've, now they'll cut him, yeah, and then we'll him. just pick him up like the fourth time we picked up somebody who runs no. over a 4-4. It's all good. You should have traded for him. He gave the John Brown effect. Listen, I don't want four dang six-round picks. Okay. But I'm saying I'll he, give him away for free. Okay, but I'm saying, has has Wolf Fuller played yet? I don't think so. Okay. And, and is South Beach Gary okay? Man, called yesterday, but then he hung up. Oh, did he? He is alive. Yeah, yeah we heard from him. Boy, well, he ain't calling now because I'm talking smack about Will Fuller again. I told you. I absolutely told everybody. But what, the Dolphins win like three in a row or something? Two in a row? Three? Yeah, I mean, I, I can see them four. so. The, yeah, yeah, four. Oh, that's four in a row? Yes. And then the Giants would be well, five. I Jets why he would be six. for the first time in a month. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. that's true. I, I mean, the, they could easy, easily go seven in a row here, Brent. Yeah, they're not going to. Okay. All right, last one. Is it fair to criticize the Titans when they legitimately have nobody you've ever heard of playing football for them? <laughs> I'm serious. None of these dudes you've ever heard of. No, their wide receivers are just – what a bunch of – mouth. It's a, it's a mouthful for the receivers right now. Brent, yeah. go ahead. Well, th listen, the bottom line is, no, I don't think we can criticize too much. They, they've really been beat up, and they've had star players go. And let's just be honest. It's not like Tannehill was playing unbelievable football even when they had guys, mm -hmm. you know? So he is – he is not having the season that he had or the seasons that he had the last couple years, even when they had Henry, even when they had A.J. Brown, Julio Jones. But now he's got some excuses. Sooner or later, that's why it was weird what Tennessee was doing, even for a couple weeks without Henry. That stuff catches up to you, man. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're just not good enough. And they're still not strong enough on defense to overcome all that. Yeah, I mean, it's just... It <laughs> I mean, you know how we talk about how the Patriots take away your, your, your best wide receiver so you got to go through two or your tight end or something i mean i don't know who the best wide receiver right now is on this team i mean it was josh reynolds but i don't know what happened to him I believe he's um, in detroit oh yeah i'm way out i'm, I'm not Re reynolds out uh, rogers chester rogers was it oh yeah Didn't yeah he had, like, big game yeah chester sorry but they took chester him away rogers. you know what i mean and he was yeah. one catch two well, yards had to get rid of him and then you got westbrook and yeah it's just um i don't know who nick westbrook is I'm not going to pick him up on the waiver wire or anything, but no, I, I don't blame the Tennessee Titans right now at all. You you lost the guy that is your lifeblood of the team, probably the most important player to his team, and Derrick Henry. You still were, were suitable. You still beat the Rams with Adrian Peterson, but you still had a guy like A.J. Brown getting the receptions. Now A.J. Brown's out. Julio Jones is out. It's just you, you can only do so much with what you have, and right now they don't have a lot. That they do not. That's it, Brent. We did it. We did the thing. Please continue on with your program. Who? Uh, thank you. Who? Uh, who's going to win next week? Who's your early indication? Bills or Patriots? Bills. Still think that? Like, I got more faith in the Bills right now too. But sometimes I don't know if that's a little because I don't want to see the Patriots win. <sighs> yeah. 
Um, I think Even it's though a, I like Mac Jones. Uh, I think it's a little more of me buying into Josh Allen more than Mac. And I think Mac Jones playing great. You but mean. I think, yeah, I think this could be a breakout game for, for the Bills in terms we of Stephon Diggs. We haven't really seen, like, a bad game out of Mac Jones. Like, one. I think he had three pick games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, I mean, it really hasn't played bad football. I mean, it's uh, Which also shows you they're not having him forced too yeah. much. But it's, I, th- I think you're right. If you need to elevate, and again, the Bills can be very good on both sides of the ball. Yeah, so, it can be horrible uh, as well. <laughs> it can be horrible as well. But uh, it'll be interesting to watch. You know what's funny? There's two teams that I kind of like to lose. Okay. It's the Patriots and the t- Titans. Yeah, yeah. And they both have local stars on them. <laughs> so it's like I'm rooting against our local product. You are, man. You know? Casey, uh, are you pretty nervous about your Super Bowl prediction? Nah. You know, this is good? we're slow playing it. I mean, come on. Look. Patriots are a tough team anyway. You're going to beat the Jags, even if me and you are the receivers. Probably beat the Steelers (laughs) as well. 49ers going to be tough, but I'm not worried now. All right, hey, uh, we'll take a break. Uh, What Urban Meyer told uh, the uh, L.A. media about inquiries of Notre Dame. (laughs) It would have been really a lot more fun if USC hadn't filled the position. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it would speculate. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, anyway, what do you have to say about the Notre Dame job and why he's staying in Jacksonville, plus the latest odds on who will be the next coach. Who do you think will be the next coach at Notre Dame? If I give you a list of names, you have to choose one. Uh, also, some really sad news uh, in the area about a local football star. We'll share the latest that's now been confirmed uh, on that front. It's all coming back Tuesdays at Top Golf Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Sunday morning, uh, USC engaged with some interest and wanted to have a conversation. And honestly, Scott, that's the first conversation at any point in my time at Oklahoma that I'd ever had with uh, with another football team. But I think just the the, the history, the tradition, the, the excitement of the new opportunity was enough that we wanted to have that conversation, and, and it moved quickly. And it was a tough decision. I mean, leaving a place like Oklahoma is not easy, especially when you have the history that we we had there. You know, seven phenomenal years, some of the best years of our lives. Uh, great success on the field, off the field, and we love Norman. Well, that is look at Riley uh, introduced last night as the USC football coach. You know what's really interesting to me is, <laughs> I mean, again, money talks. I get it. Money's a lure. Mm-hmm. If they call you Sunday morning and you've made the decision essentially by Monday night, like how hard of a decision was it? Or was it an impulse decision? Like, if you've never talked to others, you never really thought about, hey, I'm going to go here, there. You knew the job was open for a few months. So maybe you just talked about it. Hey, if they are interested, you already talked to your family. Yeah. I'm just wondering, like, if you and I are going to make a decision about a career move, yeah. do we make that decision in 36 hours? It, it depends how happy you are in your, current, in your destination. Yeah. Right? Like, um, I mean, one would think that Lincoln Riley was pretty happy in Oklahoma, and maybe that's false. Maybe that's wrong. Maybe there's some behind-the-scenes things that we weren't really seeing. Um, Brian Kelly, the same situation. Yeah. You know, maybe he was fed up with Notre Dame. You know, like he's been there for a while. Maybe he just wore out his welcome. He wasn't really feeling the, the whole Notre Dame atmosphere anymore. And maybe that's the case. I always feel like when you make these quick decisions, even regardless of how much money is on the table, I feel like you're leaving a spot that you weren't that big of a fan of. And that's why it makes it so easy for you. Yeah, and I, I think, yeah, that just feels quick to me, you know. I yeah. almost, and hey, maybe maybe jumped into it. Again, the money talks a lot. We already know that, and yeah. that's, that's pretty obvious. Uh, here's the quote from Urban Meyer. This is from Greg Beecham, who writes uh, for the Associated Press, covers the Rams. 
and uh, Urban Meyer did a conference call with the LA media and he said this about Notre Dame quote I'm not a candidate obviously I spent six years of my life there so great respect for Notre Dame and as I do USC UCLA like we talked about but I'm committed to the Jaguars and doing the best we can to turn this thing around and that's it I mean so that's assume when we ask him tomorrow that's what he'll say tomorrow yeah. as well so Urban Meyer staying in Jacksonville and by the way I think it's worth noting he's being asked from the media and other people but it's not like he got an offer <laughs> from Notre Dame and uh, that's certainly not the case so now who will be the next Notre Dame head coach and uh, Luke Fickle seems to be tops on the list there's some reports saying that's who I would uh, he's got a Catholic background yeah. they want to get back to their roots in Catholic schools and programs and recruit those areas uh, a little more than they've done in the past yep. and so there you go you know there's some different things that go into the Notre Dame job but Luke Fickle also makes a lot of sense, right? Uh, kind of Midwest guy, mm -hmm. Cincinnati, what he's been able to do. Can he transfer that up uh, to, to South Bend? Now, the, the fascinating part of all this is what does he do? Do you go take your dream job potentially or this huge opportunity at Notre Dame, which anybody would consider? Yeah. Or do you stay with your program and potentially coach in the Final Four? Well, I think if he was going, uh, if he was going to Notre Dame, he would see it through at Cincinnati. You think so? I mean, I, th I think Notre Dame would understand that. I think he's earned that. Like, I mean, but Brian Kelly said he's not doing that. Notre Dame still has no, a chance no, to no, get no, in. Sure, sure, sure. No, and I understand that. Um, I think the Cincinnati, you know, situation is a little different just because, like, you know, I mean, from what he was able to, like, when, when Brian Kelly went to Notre Dame, like, yeah, it, you know, he elevated it for sure. But it wasn't like Fickle when he elevated Cincinnati, right? I, at least that's how I feel. I don't know. Maybe Cincinnati was good when, before Fickle got there. I don't think that's They've the been okay. Yeah. But uh, I just think that if you're Notre Dame and this is your guy, you know, whether he shares the same kind of religious background that you believe in, um, whether he matches a lot of your morals or just, like, your, your style, if Fickle is your guy, then you let him coach the rest of the season in Cincinnati. Like, if, if, I'm a, if I'm a Bearcats player and I'm playing on an undefeated team right now, I'm trying to go to a college football playoff, and also my coach just leaves, like, that to me would be devastating. Like, yeah, I get the, 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 the Friday average players are, are devastated because Brian Kelly left, and I get that, but that sucks as well. You found out on Twitter and everything. But to me, for whatever reason, at Cincinnati, it, it would mean, it, it would be that much more just painful if my coach left after undefeated. But. Casey, jump in on here. Do you think he stays? Um... I think it's hard to, to coach. Yeah, I, I I think it would make sense to coach. I think everything that Cincinnati worked for, and then you're just like I'm out. Um, I think that would not go over well. So yeah, I think I think he would see it through with his team, unlike Brian Kelly. Yeah, I I think so too. But I think we're talking like we'd like to see him do that. <laughs> yeah. You know, because we'd all like to see him do that. I mean, Brian Kelly was not going to. But what is it's, what do you really have to gain for not? Well, coaching here's the problem. The, the problem is the recruiting cycle. I mean, you've got to go rescue the recruiting. You don't want to take a month off from recruiting. Now, what they've said, and, and the Notre Dame athletic director said today, they said, stay out on the road, coaches. We're, going, we keep, we're staying recruiting. Mm. But I think, okay, and I get that, but I think Luke Fickle going to the college football playoff, maybe making some noise there, is the most powerful recruiting tool you can do if you're going to Notre Dame. Because you go, look what I did at Cincinnati with a lot less talent. Now I'm going to Notre Dame. Just imagine what we're going to do here. Like, to me, that, that's the ultimate recruiting tool is watching 
him do his thing in Cincinnati, watching him on the sideline and watching his team play well. Yeah, there's some other reports, by the way. I don't know. You never know how true these reports are, but Pete Sampson, let's see where he... Uh, uh, he's a beat writer for Notre Dame, so out of the athletics, so I would assume he has some sources in there. He said multiple sources indicated that Brian Kelly's address to the team on Tuesday morning lasted less than two minutes. Then he turned around and walked out. He did not take questions from the players. Somebody uh, responds, only efficient two-minute offense he's run all season. <laughs> nice. Let him have it. That's nice. Really good. I mean, how do you do that? Do, I mean, do you, you obviously don't care. Well, is it? It, or do you not feel welcome by the time these news the news gets there, right? Well, like, yeah. I mean, I think you're walking into an environment where they find out on Twitter they're not happy. I mean, they're not happy to receive you. Like, I, exactly. I, think, I think it's more of just say what you got to say and get the hell out of here because we don't want to talk to you. I mean, that th that's what I, I probably saw that conversation going on. Is Fickle, F-I-C-K-E-L-L? -L? You're asking the wrong person. Hey, man, F-I-C-K-E-L-L. -L. Yeah, that is correct. Thank you. I just wanted to spell it right on Twitter. You're welcome. I'm tired of making uh, mistakes on Twitter while I oh, tweet. Oh, yeah. Uh, those, 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 those grammar police are going to get you. They will. By They'll the way, the how weird would it be if Notre Dame did hire Luke Fickle and your last two coaches came from Cincinnati? Well, I know. Brian Kelly's Good been there. It's, and maybe that's the route you go because it's worked. I mean, people do that. Uh, listen, Fickle's a hot name. He doesn't do a ton for me. Oh, wow, man. Like, it's crazy. Doesn't. Uh, you know, I would ra if I'm a Notre Dame, and by the way, like my, my family likes Notre Dame, uh, Steph's side of the family, mm -hmm. so I think I would rather have Matt Campbell now at Iowa talking. State. You know, mm -hmm. I, I really, I think Matt Campbell, if you give me the options, listen, I, Lane Kiffin's not going there, right? Yeah. Um, Bob Stoops ain't coming out of retirement to go there, and I don't even know if I want that. Yeah. You can have a bunch of different guys. There's talk like Matt Rule. Would he leave the NFL? Like, there, I guess not talk of it, but there's uh, he's in the odds, mm -hmm. all right? Could he do that? Well, that interests me, probably. Okay. Okay. But I think a fit for Notre Dame could be a guy like Matt Campbell. My problem with Fickle a little bit is you better go hire a good offensive coordinator. It's an, it's an offensive world. Sure. You know, he's a defensive guy. Sure. Right? He's yeah. a defensive guy. And so I think uh, that concerns now, me how a little did, bit. How did Iowa State do this year again? I know. Hey, now. Fourth? Hey, fourth, hey, hey what? Know. Fourth in the Big 12? I get it. Fourth? But he's been a hot name. He's done a really in good the Big job 12? there. Five and four is okay. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, you got to look oh. at the whole thing. Look at the, but whole. the whole thing. You're in fourth place in the Big 12. What more is there to look at? All right. Well, well the product itself one year. built Fickle's it. done one year. I mean, there's not – you, you got to be careful uh, on that, I too. I think Fickle did pretty good last year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he's fine. What, so did he, Campbell, he, he, though. Yeah. And yeah. how did Campbell do this year? <laughs> That's fine. You're a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately guy. I get sure. it. Sure. Sure. Um, but anyway, I, I, I don't know. I'm just telling you, as a Notre Dame, like, I don't, like, yeah. love Notre Dame, but I don't mind Notre Dame. Like, I kind of root for Notre Dame a little bit, mostly because the fam does. But um, I I would rather, I think I'd rather have Matt Campbell than okay. Fickle. I, I disagree. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm taking with Fickle. Um, hey, I uh, do want to share this. Uh, well, let me finish this thought real quick before I get into this. Brian Kelly, should Brian Kelly wait to see if Notre Dame makes the playoff? Or based on this two-minute meeting, maybe he shouldn't have. <laughs> no, no, you know I, I mean? don't think, no. I the think Cincinnati it's past guys the point aren't going to be pissed off if Fickle takes the job, like if he knows that well, he's got the job. Once again, though, I think it depends how Fickle goes about it. Well, no, I'm not you know? saying, I'm just telling you right now, I think most people at Notre Dame are mad that Kelly's leaving. 
Yeah. And and so even if he stayed, he might not be like warmly welcome to stay. Fickle, sure. they know it's a stepping stone to no. wow, you can't turn this down. No, you know they, I mean? they definitely understand that, but I, I definitely feel like you know with the whole Brian Cow situation, if he would have handled it better, it would have lessened the blow. Yeah. You know, maybe he would have got ten minutes to talk to his team instead of whatever the two minutes that they, they allowed him. So um, hey, uh, so this is what I just want to finish that thought before we get to this. And some really sad news today uh, in the sports world around here. Otis Anderson, Jr., uh, I woke up this morning and I really got a call early this morning, like 7 o'clock from our newsroom about a story, and they were working on, and it turned out to be true. Uh, Otis Anderson, Jr. Uh, is dead, a uh, young man who played for University Christian and really did, was a really good player here in high school, helped win two state championships for UC, uh, then played at UCF and was part of those teams that really took the nation by storm and was part of that prolific offense. Uh, in the latter years, Heupel used him a lot down there, uh, running back, wide receiver, kick returner. I mean, he was a highlight machine and, and uh, helped rewrite some of the record books. I finished top 10 in a lot of different categories, including total touchdowns, second all-time in the yards per carry at UCF, 6.1 per carry running the football. Really good football player. Had a uh, little bit of a cup of coffee with the L.A. Rams. In fact, Jalen Ramsey just tweeted out. The Rams have now tweeted out. UCS now tweeted out their condolences. It took a while to actually confirm this, and obviously it's a big story to confirm. Um, and uh, I'll let you follow Action News Jacks for all the details, but it's a really sad story. Uh, and thoughts uh, with his family and, and David Penland and the University Christian family and everybody at UCF that, that really knew him. I didn't know him well. Uh, we covered him a little bit. But uh, all good things being said about Otis Anderson, uh, an electric smile, mm -hmm. and uh, so young, man. And, and as you'll learn more about this story, you'll realize that it's a very... Uh, heartbreaking story uh, the way he was um, he, he passed and, and uh, was killed this morning uh, I think at his house or it might have been his parents house and so uh, thoughts uh, with all of them this is uh, David Penland the University Christian uh, head coach uh, when our, our folks at Action News Jacks CBS 47 and Fox 30 caught up with him today I mean, he was on the field he was awesome and off the field he was just as good uh, he uh, I mean if you can just look at everybody's posting about him and, and the impact that he had in the community and, and uh, with little kids and school and uh, signing autographs at UCF. Uh, he was just a kid that always had a smile on his face and uh, was very loved. And uh, he was a tremendous human being and he's going to be greatly missed. So that's David Penland, the UC uh, coach and Again, state championships uh, with Otis Anderson, 2015 and 16. So many good teams, and he was on a lot of good football teams over the years. Uh, so condolences with everybody uh, surrounding the loss of Otis Anderson, Jr. Very sad story here uh, today. Way too young. And uh, uh, best thought all his family and everybody else uh, surrounding that situation. So tough story today in Jacksonville. You don't want to wake up to that, and then you're calling coaches, and you got other coaches calling you in the high school ranks. Yeah. I'll tell you, it's been a tough year in high school football uh, in this area. Um, high school sports uh, lost uh, a trio of young coaches, uh, assistant coaches and, and men that were very impactful on the community and the football world, and you know that. I mean, yeah. you, you think about the, the people that impacted your life from a sports standpoint, from a football standpoint. Uh, some of these kids and teams have had to deal with a lot of tragedy yeah. uh, over the last year. So uh, 
tough, tough day uh, for many in the high school ranks here in the uh, state of Florida. All right, I hate to end the segment that way, but uh, did want to share uh, our, our best wishes with everybody surrounding the Otis Anderson situation and also uh, acknowledge what happened today. Again, the L.A. Rams, uh, UCF, uh, University Christian have now confirmed that uh, what took place earlier today. We'll come back uh, from Top Golf uh, coming up at 5 o'clock. We have Josh Scobie welcome us. Jack Miller joins us as well. We talk a little bit more football um, on the way and even some Tiger Woods who talked today about his future in the sport of golf. Tuesdays at Top Golf continues on ESPN 690 right after this. thought about it a few months ago when Scott Woodward, the AD, called him. Uh, and I think yeah, I think he thought again. And the reason why he thought again is he, he saw what James Franklin got at Penn State and Mel Tucker uh, at, at Michigan State, two coaches who are certainly not quite in his league yet. Uh, he saw the Lincoln-Riley move and he said, you know what, I'm, I'm 60 years old. I don't have many moves left. I don't have any moves left, frankly, other than uh, the one on the phone right now with, with LSU. And I'm, I'm going to take it. And, and I, I think he, he was essentially saying, I can't win a national championship at Notre Dame. That may sound harsh to Irish fans all over this country, but it's a reality. That's your guy, Paul Feinbaum. Man. Everything's better in the SEC. Stud, man. What a, what a legend Paul Feinbaum is. Brent Martin, Hater, though, huh? Austin Lane. Just kind of being a hater, though, huh? Yeah. It's Casey right. Kurtz. It's all good. Casey, Tuesdays big Paul Feinbaum guy? You know it. Yep. Casey knows. Casey's going to ride this Paul Feinbaum uh, way into the, the, the glory land one day. We, we, me and Casey are both on that show, sitting in the Lazy Boys, <laughs> talking to some SEC football, drinking some hotty toddies. Can't wait. That's the dream. Uh, That's why I signed on with this show, to get to that point. Believe, hey, hey, I hear you, man. Uh, yeah. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, that's fine. You keep going to Urban Meyer's hometown and having fun with that. Me and Casey drinking hotty toddies. You know what's there, you know what's interesting to me about all the college stuff too is that we really talk about is the expansion. Yeah. So the expansion on the horizon, like I get right now, there's a logjam in the SEC, and so Alabama and Georgia and Florida and for your other team in, maybe it is LSU, but mm -hmm. sometimes it's Auburn and some right now it's Ole Miss. Yeah. You know, yeah. and Texas A&M supposed to be there, so it's a, I mean heck, it's wild in the West now. And I do think the SEC is getting a little better. And Oklahoma's coming in and Texas is coming in. So, well, if you only have one seat at the party in a Final Four, that's a tough thing to get. Mm -hmm. And so I understand, like, when we were talking about, hey, USC, it's an easier path, right? Well, it still could be an easier path because it might be an automatic bid if when they, they expand. But places like Notre Dame mm -hmm. and USC and even Oklahoma and the SEC, you really have a good chance still to get in. The, the expanded so, playoff if there are 12 teams. It doesn't almost matter where you are now as yeah. long as you're successful. Again, Oklahoma's going to have more friction than they've ever had, uh, admittedly. Mm -hmm. But you still have more seats at the table out of the SEC than you've ever had either once we go to 12. No, I agree. Um, if you're Brian Kelly, you know, in the next couple of years, if they do expand the playoff, I mean, there's no excuse then. Like, you're getting in the playoff and then what you do there, that's on you. So that's not necessarily the best excuse. If I was going to say an excuse, though, and maybe I'm wrong and maybe I'm naive here. So in terms of the NIL, you know, like, you know, like Alabama football players are doing very well, right? Like the SEC players seem to be doing very well because you have the SEC, you know, network, number one. But number two, I mean, every single game you play, it's, it's supposed to be a meaningful game. Notre Dame can't say the same, I think, right now. They have the, the NBC rights, but do you think it, it affects 
players going forward. Now, keep in mind that the, the, the NIL is still in its infancy, so we're not really sure what it's going to evolve to, what it's going to look like five years from now. But do you think that if Notre Dame stays independent, could that affect recruiting in terms of the NIL, how much money players could possibly make? Hmm. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't really, really have much thought. I don't know. I don't, but I, I don't but, know if that would... But I wonder if Chip Kelly, maybe that was a reason. Kelly, yeah. I'm sorry, I keep saying I that. Chip's Brian getting Kelly. a lot of love today. He is getting a lot of love. Uh, Brian Kelly thought that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if that will impact one or the other, right? I mean, or is NIL just going to be NIL? And if you have a million TikTok followers, you're going to get... Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I'm not sure about that. Uh, that's a... It's a good thought. How does everything impact all of it down the road? And staying independent versus in the conference and uh, abiding by those rules versus these rules, all these. So, yeah, it's a, it's a good thought. Uh, I just feel like now if you're good, you're getting in most of the time. I mean, you take the 12 best teams in the country, you've got you to de- dance at the party. Sure. You know, when, when you get to expansion yeah. in a couple of years. And uh, – all those teams that these guys are either leaving or going to will have that chance if they're successful. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter how many good – well, it does still matter how many good teams are in the SEC, but the bottom line is each year it's going to play out where if you even have two win, two losses, you're probably got a good chance of getting in yes. uh, to, to that uh, party for the college football expansion. Uh, it's, there's a lot going on in that world. Hey, you know, you fight for a living. What's, like, the thing that's hurt the most on you, like, in a fight? Ooh. When you got hit, like Pro- no, definitely my neck. Oh cause, really? Yeah, because I, I have a jacked up neck. Oh yeah. So like, did it hurt this last fight when you landed? Uh, I didn't feel the best. No. Yeah, but we're all right. So I that's mean, what look, that's what you feel the most, like kind of tweaks or. Yeah, whatever. like th- through training camp and through a fight, it's definitely the neck. Um, I mean, I broke my nose before sparring. I didn't feel too good. Yeah. But I would definitely say the neck. Okay. Yeah. You know what What's hurts that? me the most? See that right there. Yeah, you got a little bit of a, of a cut it there. It looks like a paper cut. It's not. It's kind of yeah. like just kind of some of the cold from going back up home. I got a little slice around my thumb. You getting chapped fingers? A little chapped finger, You need to put yeah. some chapstick on the, you need to put some, uh, cow mine lotion, whatever, Carmex. There yeah, we go. I'm telling you, it there. hurts like a son of a gun, man. Yeah. Why does that hurt so bad? I mean, you know, I mean, it's just lotion, a little, though, little huh? cut. I do lotion, lotion, though, right? But dried out. And it, I and see you with those blue up. collar hands, though. That's right, man. Good, good for you. Work out, work work for a living no you better believe it use these hands for different reasons than you use yours <laughs> all right football at five coming up josh Kobe, zach miller zach miller what's he doing now former jags tight end of course had the devastating injury with the chicago bears good player career cut short and he's on to another career what is it we'll tell you all about it when we come back tuesdays from top golf some former jags joining the show teammates on the way on espn 690